Billy's Place, the vibe is light and breezy. Billy's Place, it's a virtual speakeasy. My home base, I'm glad that you dropped by. Time to grab a libation from the shelf. Have whatever you want, you gotta make it yourself. Sit back, relax, I'll make your troubles fly. A musical trip, nothing complicated, and if you tip, that's appreciated. Good fellowship, with no mask on our face. From apartment five, right across the park, I'm singing and swinging till it gets dark. Don't worry about finding a place to park, just park it at Billy's place. Park it at Billy's place. Park it at Billy's place. At Billy's place. Great to welcome today. We're looking forward to talking to this gentleman for uh, quite a while. He's a talented man, musician, and a conductor, and a great recording artist in his own right, jazz musician, and a multi-talented man. His name is Billy Stritch, and we're going to talk to him about a brand new CD he has out, his latest, called uh, Billy's Place. But you've also uh, been able to see him in the last year and a half, as uh, things in the entertainment business obviously uh, were affected quite a bit. But he's been on Facebook with his show, uh, and then uh, on YouTube each week. Uh, so we're going to find out about that as well. But uh, Billy Stritch joined us from up in his home right now, his adopted home, my former home, New York City. And uh, Billy, great to talk to you. How are you? How you doing, Doug? Good to talk to you. Yeah, great to have a chance to finally uh, chat with you. I've I've followed your career since uh, I heard about you originally uh, back uh, years ago. I grew up in New York, as I mentioned before we went on, and listened to a station uh, I'm sure you were very familiar with, WNEW in New York. So uh, I often heard uh, your name mentioned on particularly Jonathan Schwartz's show. Oh, yeah, before that Stan Martin, you know. I mean, I, I had a vocal group in the 80s, Montgomery Planted Stritch, and we used to go live at WNEW a lot. You know, Stan would have us on for live shows, and uh, it was great, great memories, a, a really a great time for sure, yep. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, radio station uh, that I've ever heard. I, and, you know, again, growing up in New York, you, you hear a lot of them, but that's the one I had my uh, dial tuned to, 1130, and uh, featuring the, the American Popular Songbook, which you've uh, made your dedication and your career to, and thank you for that. I think you and I are around the same age, so uh, we both, I guess, gravitated toward it uh, uh, as, as young people, as, yeah, as kids, right? You, you did the same thing down in Houston. Absolutely. You know, I grew up... Uh well, I was born in 62, and I grew up, you know, hearing these songs, mainly on TV. I always say that, you know, the, my way into the Great American Songbook was actually watching variety shows like the Carol Burnett Show right. or the Sonny and Cher Show, because, you know, Carol Burnett would always have the end. The last segment would always be these big musical montages, medleys right. of like Gershwin and, and movie, you know, old movie takeoffs and stuff. And then Sonny and Cher, Cher would always sing some great, you know, standard in a gorgeous Bob Mackie outfit, you know. And it was like, when I was 19 years old, it was just like I'd never seen anything like that. And then my grandmother picked up on that and bought me the George Gershwin songbook and that big Nat King Cole box set of albums. And and I was just on my way from about the age of nine or ten with the Great American Songbook. And I've, I've just loved it ever since. Last night I started out happy Last night my heart was so gay 
last night I found myself dancing in my favorite cabaret. You were completely forgotten, just an affair of the past. Then suddenly something happened to me. I felt my heart beating so fast. I saw you last night and got that old feeling when you came in sight. I got that old feeling The moment that you danced by I felt a thrill And when you caught my eye My heart stood still Once again I seem to get that old yearning Then I knew the spark of love was still burning There'll be no new romance for me It's foolish to start Cause that old feeling Is still in my heart I took a trip on a train And I thought about you I passed a shadowy lane three cars parked under the stars a winding stream moon shining down on some little town and with each beam same old dream at every stop that we made I down the shade I really felt blue I peeked through the crack looked at the track the one leading back to you and what did I do I thought about you a thrill 
had us a little bit later in life so they grew up during uh, you know the 30s and 40s so they had some of the albums as a kid I found uh, downstairs so I kind of got into it that way you know big band Tommy Dorsey and that kind of thing and then once you found out there was a station that that played it uh, yep. I just kind of got into it that way so uh, it was great great exposure uh, unfortunately uh, nowadays I guess it's a little harder to find uh, find it but it's out there but uh, but we were able to find well, it when we could that was good for it's, us it's out there I mean when I was growing up there was a radio station in Houston called KQUE and they played all that stuff. So oh. I listened to that. Everybody my age thought I was so weird, but, uh, you know, actually, you know, you can, it's, it's so great with YouTube now and Google and, and, you know, all the stuff that streams now, it's actually not as hard as you might think actually with YouTube, you right. can find so many great stuff. I mean, I actually think that young people have it easier today than you and I did, you know, when we were trying to find this music at our age growing up, but uh, anyway, you know, I feel like if you're into this music from a young age, somehow you find it or it finds you. It's just so weird. But, you know, it's there and it comes to you, you know, and yeah. it's just so great. It's so great. You mentioned, uh, you know, the great variety shows. And again, you and I about a year apart, I think, but they were still on. But like you said, Carol Burnett was kind of the last one. We, I guess you and I kind of caught the tail end of the variety show. But now with YouTube, I've found so many now that uh, thankfully uh, some of them are put up there. You see from the 50s and even early 60s, Dinah Shore and, of course, Dean Martin oh, yeah. and all those. Ed Sullivan, obviously, they put, a little, put Ed Sullivan up every day on there, the, the musical performances. Uh, wonderful stuff. Andy Williams, you know, there's Andy lots Williams, of great yeah, stuff right. that appears from Andy Williams. I mean, like hardly a day goes by that someone doesn't send me or, you know, I subscribe to a lot of people on YouTube that I don't see something I never saw before. And I'm just crazy about stuff from the 50s and 60s. So, you know, it's just so great to discover it. And it's great that it all appears on YouTube. I mean, thank goodness for that. You yeah. know, it's just fantastic. Yeah. We're going to talk about your CD in a little bit. Again, it's called Billy's Place. Again, filled with uh, songs like we're talking about, the great American songbook. But another thing I know from you, and again, uh, not too many people our age got into this artist, but uh, Mel Torme. I was a huge fan of his, found him really early in life, and then just kind of enjoyed him his whole career, at least when we picked up on it. And uh, obviously, you got a chance to make an album. I can't sing, so at least you got to make an album uh, of his songs. <laughs> well, you know, I love Mel Torme from a long time ago. I guess I probably, again, might have, first time I might have seen him might have been on Carol Burnett. He right. also used to make regular appearances on The Lucy Show. And here's Lucy because she loved him. So I remember seeing him growing up. And then when I was maybe 17 or 18, 
he came out with an album, a double album called Live with Friends at Marty's. Oh, sure. I remember that. I had that album. In New yeah. York. Oh, it was just, and I, and, oh my God, I just, my head exploded. I loved him so much. And then I would, when I started singing in the 80s, people would say, gosh, you, you have a very similar sound. You know, something about the sound of my voice or the range of it, the timbre of my voice. Uh, people reminded me of, of Mel. And of course, I, back then I really liked to do more scat singing than I do now. I do a little of it, but I was really into it then. And then in 1988, with my vocal group, it was me and two girls, we were working a lot in New York and a lot of jazz festivals, and we had the chance to open for Mel Tome at the uh, JBC Jazz Festival oh, at Carnegie Hall. 1988, it was a thrill. It was fantastic. My whole family came up from Texas. You know, I, I have a long story that I tell on my Tome tribute about that. And then in the early 90s, when I was uh, first working with Liza Minnelli and we were going out a lot together, we had a couple of evenings in Beverly Hills with Mel Torme. So uh, I got to know him a little bit. You know, we didn't get to be close, but I got to spend a, love, a couple of lovely evenings with him. And, uh, you know, it's, he's a very, he has a very special place in my heart. Um, I just thought he was phenomenal, not only as a singer, but as an you know, a writer and a ranger and just his taste level was just impeccable, you know. Yeah, I never got to meet him, but uh, I played his albums. I didn't start doing this kind of uh, show, you know, the big band and popular you know, American popular songbook uh, in college radio. So Mel was part of that. And again, yep. you mentioned the, uh, the Marty's album. I think the first one I got was the uh, live at the Maisonette album. Remember that one? Oh, that's phenomenal. It was yeah, like a was 20 a minute band. Gershwin melody at the medley yeah, at the that's, end. That's exactly <laughs> right. I, I love it. And you know, he arranged that. He told me that he arranged that whole medley. He said, and I said, God, it's phenomenal. Did you do a lot of orchestration? And he, he said he actually really didn't because it took him so long right. to actually put it all on page. So most of the time, you know, 98% of the time, he would like lay out what he wanted, but he would have, you know, Marty Page or different people actually do the physical orchestration. But that medley, he did it all himself, and he was quite proud of that, and rightly so. It's phenomenal. Oh! 
sounds divine and I cry when I fly more and more on planes feeling more secure on planes cause you're always there to meet me or wave me goodbye I wish that someday you and I could go again on the same plane altitude high Monday on a plane. He goes back, and again, the connection to you, uh, Billy, uh, of course, working with Liza Minnelli all those years. Uh, Mel started... Uh, oh, didn't start on television, but he, he was on television on the Judy Gardam show. I guess he did a lot of oh, the arrangements yeah. on that in 63 and 4, right? He was the house arranger on that show, um, you know, and he, he actually made a couple appearances on it as well. Yeah. Uh, he And he wrote a, quite a controversial book about his, his, his year. To I, I read that a long so time ago. I want to get it again. Yeah, uh, I, I'd like well, to reread it. Not, it's not very complimentary in lots of spots about Judy because she was going through a lot of tough times then so when flash forward to like 1992 when Liza and I went to dinner with with Mel at the Friars Club in LA uh, she was very nervous that day she said you know I'm I'm still kind of mad at him about that book <laughs> that he wrote about my mom but she wanted to go to dinner because for me you know it was very important to me and that's the kind of friend she was to me you know she was like I want you to meet him and maybe it'll be lovely and within like 10 minutes he actually, we opened a bottle of wine, we had some wine, and he actually was like, you know, I need to apologize. He was so sweet to life. Oh, really? Said, you know, that, back then when I wrote that book, I was smarting from the experience I had. I wasn't treated well financially. There was a lot of other stuff. I don't think he was happy personally. And he said, and now in hindsight, he said, you know, I look back at it, it was really one of the most wonderful experiences of my life. And we drank a toast to Judy. And all was forgiven. And oh, forgot. that's great. You know, it was, yeah. it was really, really lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see those uh, shows, was, uh, again, they're available uh-huh. on YouTube, or at least they were, and tremendous shows. I always thought, though, you know, you're kind of looking back on it, if they had just given her maybe three specials a year, I think that yeah. would have better served her, don't you think, rather than doing that I, I, week I, after I week? I think so, rather than doing a series. Well, I think it all came out the year before she did a, she did a special with Frank and Dean, yeah. and it was just so well-received, just the three of them singing, and she's adorable with the two of them. I mean, you could, she's just, you know, you could tell the way they love her. It makes her, she's like a little girl. She's just like, just melting between these two guys. And then somebody picked up on that and thought, well, this should be a series. And I think the drag of it was that they put it on CBS opposite Bonanza. Right. You know, that's what I've always heard. And she didn't have a chance in that time slot, you know. And it's a very specialized thing. I mean, you know, people who really are into the music would have loved it, but it wasn't like 
you, you know, uh, something that people would have loved across the board. So I think, Doug, you might be right. If she would have done a yearly special, sort of like Barbara Streisand did at the beginning of her career, one right. year, one and won some Emmy Awards and, you know, and just less is more and just done it phenomenally. But those those shows are great. There was like maybe 28 shows or something like that. And I have them all on DVD and they're so well produced. You know, Gary Smith directed them and, and Mel Torme. And, you know, it was a great staff of, of people and they really stand up so well because every guest star was like phenomenal. So, yeah, once they uh, kind of eliminated the, the comedy sketch, there's nothing wrong with them, but that really wasn't no, her know, forte. Yeah. You know, the, the duets yeah, the, and her solos were the key. Yeah, I think the first eight or ten were with Jerry Van Dyke, and they were trying to do comedy, and and then they realized about two months, three months into it that that wasn't right, just like you said, that it was just should be more about her singing and a little something with her talking with, like, June Allison or talking with Lena Horne, you know, but mainly about the singing, you know. And those, so those later shows in that series are the ones that really stand out the best, for sure. I yeah. tell you, you know, all the stories, we all heard them, you know, the sad things that Judy Garland went through. But, boy, that talent, even at the last year or two of her life, there's some stuff on YouTube you can hear from her last performances. Uh, her voice yeah. was still not bad, I mean, considering what she was going through. The talent never, I mean, it still came through, didn't it? The talent came through. The emotion came through. The intensity, uh, the intent. All of it came through so beautifully. And, you know, Liza told me many, many times, and she said it in interviews, people always think of my mom as being a tragic figure. And she said, there was nobody funnier who had a better sense of humor. I mean, of course, she had her demons and she had her addictions and she had her problems. But but she, you know, she Liza wanted people not to think of her that way. And so, you know, and when when you just look at the music and look at the output, it's really all about joy and entertainment and this phenomenal talent that we're still celebrating 50, 60, 70 years later. You yeah. know, it's just amazing. No that doubt about this it. has stood the test of time, for sure. Yeah. Talking with Billy Stritch, and the new album is called Billy's Place. And, again, that's the name of uh, Billy's show that he does. I first saw it, uh, Billy, uh, I guess after this whole you know mess we're going through uh, started. Yeah. And you did it from your living room with Linda Levin. I, I kind of found it on uh, – I had Facebook up at work, and, oh, this is interesting. So I was able oh, to watch wow. it at work a little bit. <laughs> I enjoyed that. That's great. That's great. <laughs> well, you know, the pandemic started, you know, last March of last year. And a few days into it, my friend Linda, who at the time lived, in my building, three floors up, and we're great, great friends. Oh, you live in the same building? I didn't know that. Okay. Well, she since sold the apartment, but yeah. at the time she was up, and I was seeing her a lot. And, you know, she said, let's do something on on uh, YouTube, I mean, on Facebook. You know, so I just set up my iPad, and we didn't have any mics or anything. And we did Wednesday afternoon shows, you know, just 30 minutes, and we got phenomenal. You know, it was at the beginning of this, so everybody was home. And we would get like thousands of views sure. every week. It was just great. And then about two months into it, Linda said, you know what? I don't feel like, I'm not feeling it this week. I don't really want to do something. I, there was a lot going on with her life. And also there was, it was a weird time in New York. There was uh, looting and the George, George Floyd thing was happening. And it was just a really kind of weird time yeah. in May, uh, eight, late April of 2020. And so I grabbed that spot. I said, you know, I'll just do a little show of my own for my apartment. And that was the beginning of Billy's Place because two weeks later, we started doing it on Thursday evenings. 
and I'm still doing it. And tomorrow will be my 58th episode. It's just oh, been amazing. Every, every week has been a different composer. Gershwin, I did Gershwin. I've done two Cole Porters. I've done Rogers and Hammerstein, Rogers and Hart. I did a Barry Manilow show and Barry called in because it was his birthday. I mean, you know, we just have great concepts and it's just been, you, you know, when I started it, I didn't realize uh, the great thing that's come out of it is that I've been able to make new fans in Europe and in South America and right. on the West Coast and people that don't normally get to see me wherever I perform. So it's really broadened that. And uh, so I'm going to continue doing that for the next few months, at least even even now that I'm out working in clubs again. That's great. You know, yeah, it's I, I, a great thing. I've seen many of the, the YouTube shows, and it's, it's like you said, it. I don't know if you're just using your iPad, but it looks really well produced. I mean, you get good lighting. The sound well, is great. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, we, it's good. After, after about two months, we, we got out of the uh, we we got out of the iPad. I bought a we bought a webcam. I got I painted the wall. I got sound. I got yeah, light. very high, high produced. Through, yeah. So so we really upped the up the game a couple of months in because uh, you know by the end of May it was like well this isn't going to stop. We're going to keep doing this. So the production has gone up. I do it live every Thursday at eight eight o'clock Eastern time on my Facebook page, which anybody can access. You don't have to be my Facebook friend, or you don't have to even have a Facebook account. You just go to facebook.com, put Billy Stritch in the search. There I am. And then once the shows are done, they're archived onto YouTube, onto my Billy Stritch channel. So all the shows are there. And it's so great that they're there and people can go back and watch what I've done. And it's been a wonderful journey for me because not only have I learned a lot of new songs and honored a lot of requests that I've gotten, but uh, it's just expanded my musical head, you know, just got me thinking in lots of different ways. And it's, it's just fun to perform every week and be in that informal, you know, just do a new show every week and just, performed at the camera and the people at home and and uh, it's just been a whole new thing for me Skylark have you anything to say to me won't you tell me where my love can be is there a meadow where someone's waiting to be kissed Skylark Have you seen a valley green with spring Where my heart can go a journey Over the shadows and the rain To a blossom-covered lane and in your lonely flight Haven't you heard the music in the night? Wonderful music Faint as a will-o'-the-wisp Crazy as a loon Sad as a gypsy serenading the moon Skylark I don't know if you can find these things But my heart is riding on your wings So if you see them anywhere Won't you leave me 
Riding your lonely flights Haven't you heard the music in the night? Wonderful music Faint as a will-o'-the-wisp Crazy as a loon Sad as a gypsy serenading the moon Oh, Skylark I don't know if you can find these things But my heart is riding on your wings So if you see them Sadaka's done it on a, maybe a, not weekly, but uh, several times. Dina yeah. Martin is doing it and uh, several others. Yeah. So it, it's, it, at least it gave you uh, people uh, an outlet, uh, unfortunately, where you couldn't go out on the road. At least you could still perform, which is great. Well, you know, it did. We all had to kind of pivot. And in my case, not only for a creative outlet, but it's also, you know, it's also been, been able, something I've been able to monetize a little bit because, you know, people are able to very, I'm very grateful people send me tips right. and they request things and so you know that in the in the early days of all this that was really key for me it was like i had to generate an income so sure. I, I was very grateful for all the people that that have done that and continue to do that it's really kept me going for but sure that's the one thing about uh musicians uh, you're not on salary you only make money when you when you do oh, a gig no. or, or sell that's an album that's right <laughs> So it's, that's it. We're, we're we're working week to week. Baby. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yep. But yep. God God bless you for for that. And and I guess that led to uh, the CD, if, right? I mean, called Billy's Place. It Is did. that what kind of led to I, it? I the the current one I'm talking about. Yeah, three, about three months into this, in like July of last year, I got in touch with my friends who have a record label in Nashville. It's called Club Forty Four, and I said, you know, I had this idea of coming down and just doing a very simple album. Some of the songs that I have loved doing on the live streams, just me and a piano, I, you know, I didn't want to make it expensive, you know, because no, you know, I, and I didn't want to get in a room full of musicians because we were very still masked and there was no vaccination, obviously, right. at that point. So uh, they were all over it. I flew down to, to Nashville. We did it in a couple of days. It was mastered right away. and It was released at the end of October of last year. And it's just done so well. I'm so thrilled with it. It's available. It's called Billy's Place, uh, and it's available on. You can get the physical copies on Amazon or through my website, BillyStrich.com, or you can download it at all these download places. You know, Pandora and Life and uh, Apple Music and uh, iTunes and all the every everyone you could think of. It's there. And then one of the cuts that I did on the album is a song called Ordinary Miracles written by Marvin Hamlish and Alan and Marilyn Bergman. And a couple of months ago, my producer added a big orchestra to it. So that's been released as a single. Right. It's called or Ordinary Miracles, the Symphony Mix. And that's doing quite well. It's on lots of playlists. It's on about 25 different playlists now with Pandora and with, uh, you know, you, you know what they are. Sure. I, you know, it's like, 
<laughs> they sent me a, a text yesterday with all these these lists that it's on. So I'm I'm really happy that uh, it's out there and it's doing really really well and I'm very excited about it. It's got a lot of great song standards. It's got Hokey Carmichael on it. It's got the Bergmans on it. It's got a couple of original songs on it. It's got uh, um, a beautiful song called Lazy Afternoon. You know, which I'm oh, sure, sure you know. Which yeah. Is a, yeah, yeah, that that's on there, and uh, so it's a really nice mix of material. And it's just me and a piano, and uh, it's a it's a, a kind of a nice moody, wonderful little journey. How, how is you mentioned you know the downloads and the the way the music business has changed uh, for you know jazz musicians like yourself or just musicians in general? Uh, is it is it easier to get? Music out there? Can can you make money as you used to do in records? Well, if you don't mind me asking, I just wonder how it's working for you guys. No, I don't mind you asking. I mean, it's it's a good, very good question. It's a very valid point. I obviously make more money when people go to my website and buy the CD, mm-hmm. and I sign it for them, and I mail it to them, and everything that comes out of it, I get. Uh, the downloading is great because you know more people can get it, but I get a minuscule fraction of what I would get from an actual physical CD. I'm not, I'm not complaining, but a little bit, you know, but it's like, because you know, you, it's literally like, like pennies and nickels and dimes, uh, on a download as opposed to getting like dollars on on an actual CD. You just hear all these stories about, uh, you know, musicians in all genres, just not making money, They'd have to go on tour to make the money, you know. You do, and I have to sell albums at live venues or like on the website, and and that's that's how that happens mainly for me. I mean, the 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 way the business is going, so many people don't even play CDs anymore. I remember when CDs came out, and they were like, we were all in CDs, you know, they're so small, and you could play them anywhere, you play them in your car, and you know, so that was that was the thing, and now a lot of people like, oh, I don't have a CD player, I'm like. Really? Okay. Uh, so, and I'm kind of the same way. I, I download a lot of stuff, but you know, I think it's also, if I like the artist, I actually like to have the CD because it's got all the information and the artwork and the signature, if you're into that, you know? So, uh, so, you know, I have, I have boxes of them here. So if anyone's interested in, they can just go to my billystrich.com and, and I'll be happy to send you one and sign it. And I'd be thrilled with that. So it, that's all good. Change can come on tiptoe Love is where it starts It resides, often hides Deep within our hearts And just as pebbles make a mountain Raindrops make a sea One day at a time Change begins with you and me giving and receiving comes belonging and believing every sun that rises never rose before each new day leads the way through a different door and we can all be quiet heroes 
having quiet days Walking through the world Changing it in quiet ways Ordinary miracles Like candles in the dark Each and every one of us Lights a spark And the walls can tumble And the mountains can move The winds and the tide can turn Yes, ordinary miracles One for every star Lightning bolt or clap of thunder Only joy and quiet wonder Endless possibilities Right before our eyes Oh, see the way a miracle multiplies Now hope can spring eternally Plant it and it grows Love is all that's necessary Love in its extraordinary way Makes ordinary miracles Every blessed day Billy Stritch. Again, the name of the new CD is called Billy's Place, and the new single, like you just mentioned, called Ordinary Miracles, uh, a big uh, 46-piece orchestra uh, with that. And another song on there, and I, I also wanted to ask you about it, a mutual friend that I met uh, uh, probably like you did on Facebook. You did a, a wonderful duet with uh, the Since You Left New York. That was about a year ago now. Debbie Wildman. Oh, what, what a yeah, great talent. Debbie. Isn't she fantastic? Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I've, I have yet to actually meet her in person. But we became friends on Facebook at the beginning of the pandemic. And she started showing up and friends were like, have you heard this girl? Have you heard this girl? And my co-writer on Since You Left New York is an old friend of mine named Sandy Knox. And she said, you got to check her out. And you guys have to do a duet of Since You Left New York. So Sandy and I co-produced the video. And it's on YouTube. You know, you could see us singing this song. I mean, I'm doing it myself just as a solo on the album, mm -hmm. but it's a really, really fun video that we did. You know, she was in London and I was in New York and, and, and Sandy had it edited in Nashville. So, uh, and it's a good song. We wrote this song years ago, but it, it has a really yeah, I didn't know that until I read the notes. I thought you wrote that during the pandemic. I mean, but, yeah. wouldn't you think because the lyrics are so, so pertinent yeah. to like New York shutting down. You know, I mean, it's a it's it's a it's a love song. It's about you know, you know, New York's not the same since you left. But the imagery is like they turn the lights off, Broadway. You, no, there's no New Year's Eve in Times Square. So it's all about what actually really happened to us last year. So that's a I've, I've been doing that in the live shows, and it gets such a nice response. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it's been great. Turned out the light 
Dance on old Broadway They stop playing jazz And the cabarets And rumor has it That the plaza closed its doors And out on the street The cabbies won't blow their horns That's how it's been Since you left New York In Central Park The birds refuse to sing And I heard the flowers Have decided to cancel spring And that Manhattan moon Lost the shine it had before And I can't see the lights Of the skyline anymore That's how it's been Since you Left New York The busiest city Is the loneliest town All because you've gone away I walk in a daze It's so hard to get around And that's how it'll be Till you come back to stay to celebrate if you won't be there so much to do here but it's all become a bore even the lady in the harbor has turned down her torch that's how it's been since you
Now, did you do that at the same time, or, or do you have to each do your part and then it's edited together? It was, it was wonderfully done, whoever did I, the editing. Well, I played a piano track in New York, and um, and I sang my – we didn't do it at the same time, no. Okay. I mean, I It looks like you did. I, I mean, that's what makes it look – it looks like you did, yeah. I, you know, it was, we were just all learning at the same time. You know, I did the piano track. I sent it to her. I lined out where she would sing, where I would sing. She sent me back a track, and I – added my vocal to it. I mean, it was, it was done so kind of low rent, you know, it was like all on iPhones and that. And then we sent it to Sandy and she had somebody add a little bass part, a little drum part, and then graphics to the video. So yeah, it was job. done on a shoestring, but I thought it turned out really, really well. Yeah. And again, for people not aware, Debbie Wildman uh, kind of you know, burst onto the scene uh, like about a year and a half ago during this, just singing some songs. She's based in, in England. She's a, a former singer. I think she kind of got out of the business for a while. And But the one thing that sets her apart, other, other than having a great voice on her own, she does the best Judy Garland imitation I've ever heard. The best. The best. Unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. Um, she actually does, at the beginning, she was doing a, a daily video right. and putting it on, on her Facebook page. It's Debbie Wildman, W-I-L-E-M-A-N. Check her out on Facebook. She was doing something every day. And then, you know, around, around early part of this year, she went to three a week and she's still doing that. Yeah. And when she does Judy, sometimes she'll put on the Judy wig. That's right. She'll put on the Judy persona <laughs> and she do a whole monologue set up to it. And then last Christmas, when we did a, one of my Christmas uh, live streams on Billy's Place, um, I reached out to her and I said, could you do Judy Garland's reading the night before, twice the night before Christmas? And she didn't know. She said, I don't know that poem. And I just thought everyone in the world knew it. I thought because we know it so well over here. I guess it's not a big deal over there. And I sent it to her. And there's a, so if you look, I forget what episode it is, but uh, it's one of my Christmas shows. Oh, I got to look and for it. I didn't a, see that one. I have to look she's for in that. the back of the car. I'll, I'll find it and I'll send it to you later. Yeah. But she's in the back of her car with the light on. Yeah. And it's so funny because <laughs> she just goes, "Twas the night before Christmas. I can't do the Judy voice, but it's hilarious. <laughs> it is so, so funny. And she, I can't wait to actually meet her in person and work with her because she's such a talent. Well, I, I, I hadn't a chance to talk to her. We did a Skype interview about a year ago. As I said, that we got to have her on just because of the variety of impressions she does. Not only Judy, but she does so many other ones. But uh, oh, yeah. she's got to get yeah. back in the business. On, I know she has a little daughter she's raising and all that. But, boy, I think that's world-class talent there. She's got to come to New York and work with you guys. <laughs> it absolutely is world-class world yeah. talent. Sure. I don't yeah. know if you've, yeah. you've yeah. talked to Liza or anything. Do you think Liza's heard uh, Debbie? Maybe she doesn't want to You know, I, I, don't know, I, I but, haven't uh, talked to Liza, so I have no idea uh, whether that's It's almost not, eerie. Right? It might make Liza uncomfortable because <laughs> it's so good, that imitation. <laughs> it, it actually might. It actually might. Knowing Liza the way I do, yeah. she, might, she might not like it the way we like it. I'm, it's hard to tell with Liza, you know, but uh, because... I think she would appreciate that it's a it's a girl singing and tributing her mother so honestly and right. faith, faithfully and not making fun. No, it's not. No, think, it's not in uh, making fun right. at all. She even says, "I do this with love," but she's got that voice pattern down when she yeah. talks that I've never heard anybody do that. You know, that's great. I mean, I think I think when Liza doesn't like it, it's when people make fun of her mom. Yeah, know, well, they do the not, the not that like they're yeah. half in the bag or yeah. something. But no, yeah, she doesn't do exactly. that. No. 
no, she doesn't do that. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. But then again, you, you talk about uh, the live shows, Birdland, a great uh, famous place in New York, famous club. You still do that once a week, right? Once a week. We do the open mic every Monday night, which is great. I just finished the three-night run last week which of my own show with my, my trio, which was just so great. And uh, I'm about to go to Minneapolis this weekend to work a club called Crooners okay. in Minneapolis. And I'm really excited about that. They've got a gorgeous, gorgeous piano. I'm so excited about going to play this pia- piano. And uh, and then on the 26th of September, of September, no, what month? August. 26th of August, I'm going to Carmel, Indiana, which is right outside of Indianapolis. And I'm doing the new Feinstein's Club at the Carmichael Hotel there. Oh, great. My, so, Michael Feinstein, that's the same Michael Feinstein, and they had one in New York. It is. Great. It's the great. same Michael Feinstein. They've opened a new club. Uh, it's part of, uh, well, Carmel, Indiana. It's a very nice suburb of Indianapolis. There's a beautiful theater there called the Palladium. And Michael has his whole musical archives uh, there in a library. And they've uh, branded this new nightclub at a hotel there. So I'll be there the 26th of September. And then just moving on on from that, I'm working at a great club in Palm Springs, California, called the Purple Room. And it's like a big, it used, the Rat Pack used to have. Oh, sure. I've heard of that, yeah. Right. Uh, I'll be there October 8th and 9th. It's a little ways off, but I'm so excited to, to be coming there. I've worked there with Marilyn May, and I've worked there with Linda Lavin, and they're going to have me as a soloist in uh so that's exciting as well. Well, that's so, good. So, lot, so things are opening up. Things are opening up. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm doing a lot of accompanying for other singers I work with. I work with Laura Benanti and I work with Linda Etter and oh, sure. Anna Hampton Calloway. So, uh, so that fills up, you know, my time as well. So between the solo gigs and those gigs, I'm, I'm getting busy again. I'm thrilled about it. That's a special talent. Uh, in addition to being able to sing and, and play for yourself is to accompany somebody else. Am I, isn't it? It's, it's, a, uh, it's a different, it it's is. a different kind of playing, isn't it? It really is. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I love accompanying because as a singer myself, um, I, I really feel like I have a, a, a special ability for that because I know how to phrase with a, another singer. I know how to watch them breathe. I know how to lay out. I know how to just support them from underneath right. and not get them, not get in the way. And I love the the camaraderie and the collaboration uh, that you get on stage when you're accompanying a great singer. And I love singing with other singers. You know, a lot of these singers I work with, we also do duets as well, and that's always a treat. But uh, you know, I really feel like accompanying is a is an art form. And it's something that I really enjoy and that I excel at and I've always loved doing. And not everybody can do it. You know, there's, there, I always say there are pianists that can play technically better than I can, that really have so much different ability, but to actually really accompany a singer and listen to what they're doing and support them in a, in a, in a beautiful way is is a, a unique thing and I, I really enjoy it a lot i really enjoy it and 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 luckily a lot of people seek me out for that yeah my sister did that and 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 like a lot of a, you know church things and a company and she told me that it's a difficult thing to learn but and it's a special skill that's why i asked you i figured on professional level it it's is. really got to be tricky to do it's a special skill you know i i started out playing for people in church and in high school choir and 
So, I mean, I've kind of done it for a while, but, uh, yeah. um, it, it, you know, it's just a specialized thing. And uh, it helps because, you know, like I said, I'm a singer, so I really know how the singer breathes and how the singer phrases, and that informs what I do as a, as a compliment. Well, Billy Stritch, uh, I know we kept you longer than we said, but uh, we could talk for hours, but we don't want to do that because you got to get ready for your shows. <laughs> so we'll we'll put it well, on for a future time, but we want to remind the people again to get the CD called Billy's Place. Best place is yeah. at your website, right, BillyStritch.com? That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And- and we'll look Please. forward to that. And you got to come down to Florida sometime, too. Hopefully in the winter, get a Florida gig. We'll see you in person. Well, I, I, I was there a couple times last spring at the Wick Theater in Boca Raton. Yeah. And uh, I hopefully I'll be back before too much longer. And uh, Try Sarasota. we got a great and, uh, jazz uh, jazz uh, uh, community down here. So see if you can get down I to Sarasota. Do. Yeah. I know you do. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll look into that. I would love to do that. Great. And uh, let's do the, Let's do this again, Doug. I love I love talking with you. Check Great. out Billy's place on YouTube Thursday nights, Facebook as well. And yeah. Billy Stritch, real pleasure talking to you. Thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, my friend. Thank you. Falling in love with love is falling for make believe. Falling in love with love is playing the fool Caring too much is such a juvenile fancy Learning to trust is just for children in school I fell in love with love one night when the moon was full I was unwise with eyes unable to see I fell in love with love, with love everlasting Love with love. 
we'd love everlasting. 